We at Drunken Outsiders are a proper age to drink. We do not condone or approve of any underage drinking or any driving of sorts while under the influence. Please enjoy our episode. Welcome everybody, this is Drunken Outsiders. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Devin. Yep, that's us. Yep. And so today we are covering the Bloody Benders, which is a family of four that lived in Labette County, Kansas. And there was, it was a serial killer family living there mm. and went to their crime spree from like 1871 to 1873. Nice. Yeah, they have a good body count on them. Nice. Accused body count, I should say. Nothing definitive, really. Yeah. So what are you drinking? Um, just picked up. You ever have those lemonades as a kid? You know, you just pick it up. It's like certain brands, you know. Have you ever the heard the, the Simply, oh, Simply Lemonade stuff? I feel like I remember drinking some of this. Not this, but some of the brand as a kid. So I was like, Simply Spiked Lemonade. <laughs> Does it taste just like a normal Simply Lemonade? Or? Yeah, pretty much. Tastes well, like nice. lemonade, but... A bit bubbly and obviously some alcohol. Yeah, what percent? I think it's like, let's see here, 5%. Huh, pretty good. Not too high. No. It's like a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Good size beer. What are you, what are you munching on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking a Bloody Mary today. A Bloody Mary. Yep. Yikes. Got that uh, Zing Zang. Zing Zang mix Bloody Mary mix. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Zing Zang is that like a brand or something? Yeah. Okay. And then I got a dill pickle vodka. <clears throat> it's actually really good for a Bloody Mary. <clears throat> Gross. Yeah, naturally it tastes like ass. Well, yeah, it's pickles. But I mean, it's I guess worse. that doesn't really work for you. It's worse than just drinking pickle juice. I think is if it? I mix pickle juice and vodka, it tastes better than that. Well, that's gross. But that tastes really good for Bloody Mary, so. God, I can't drink vodka on its own anymore, and I will never drink pickle juice. No. I will, but. I've seen you do it. (laughs) It's good shit. It's good for the soul. (laughs) It's supposed to buy snacks. (laughs) Don't you remember that? Like, long ago, we are like, buying snacks somewhere, and I was like, I bought, like, you know, Cosmic Brownies or whatever, and I was like, I got my shit. And I like, bought a what do you jar got? of pickles. You, yeah, you just walked up with a jar of pickles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we got them, you opened the jar, and five minutes later, the whole pickles were gone. Yep. That was good and shit. I was like, wow. You ate all those pickles? Yep. See was... what I do next. I was like, oh, God, please don't. <laughs> you drank the whole thing. It was a small jar, too, so, I mean. It was a good size. One. It's smaller than, it was a little bit smaller than a beer can. No. It was bigger than that. No, it wasn't like one of the big ass ones. Well, not big one. (laughs) Don't make it sound like I'm a pickle whore. (laughs) Aren't you, though? Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway. Yep, on to the Bloody Benders. Bloody Benders. So this little tale kind of starts a little bit before they end up in Kansas here. So it starts... Somewhat nine years ago, when Congress passed the Homestead Act of 1862. You know all about that? 
It sounds really familiar. Isn't that like when you, if you got a piece of land, it's basically yours? Yeah. It's like to help people, it's trying to get like people move out to the Midwest. Right. To get people to move out westwards and obviously create some growth yep. out there. Um, they created the Homestead Act, which would provide any kind of homesteader with 160 acres worth of federal land if they agreed to, you know, farm it, yep. work it. So essentially, that would go on for a long time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> As we'll learn with the rest of the story, it's not quite all fun and games. <laughs> Uh, considering this all happened during the Civil War as well. Oh. Well, that ended in 65, but still. So really, by the time of 1890, the government would have granted over 300,000 homesteaders Jesus. with around 48 million acres of land right. across the country. So yeah, and a lot of, a lot of work, you know? So obviously during this time, a lot of, you know, settlers, a lot of which would have been immigrants as well, especially during the, during, in the like Midwest area, it would have been like a lot of European settlers as well. Yeah. A lot of German ones. <clears throat> and so that brings us to 1971, I believe, is when around five families of homesteaders acquired land in this little county part of Kansas called Labette, which is about seven miles away from a small town called Cherryvale. Cherryvale. Is it Cherry or Cherry? Cherry? I don't know. It's spelled Cherry and then Vale. All part of the name. Hmm. But among those families would be the Benders. So, about the Benders, um, first and foremost was the eldest, which would they call Pa Bender. His name was John Bender Sr. He was, guessed may be around 60 years old and spoke little English. Hmm. And any kind of English he would say would be, would be described as guttural. Very low, unintelligible kind oh. of words. Kind of like a Neanderthal? Sure, yeah. I mean, basically. I mean, given the, the amount of people that interacted with them and the little bit that was written down about them. About John, it was described as, The old man was a repulsive, hideous brute. Without a redeeming trait, dirty, profane, and ill-tempered. So, pretty much, I guess, Neanderthal yeah. would kind of sum it up a bit. And then, there would be Elvira, the next oldest. Elvira? 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 I don't know. I'm just going off of country music right now, so. Country music? Elvira? I'll okay. show you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a country person, so. All right. Well, Elvira was about 55 years old, didn't really know English or hadn't let on to knowing 
very much mm. English as well. And she was a piece of work herself. She would often be described as a she-devil. <laughs> and in one quote, Old Mrs. Bender was a dirty old Dutch crone. Her face was a fit picture of the midnight hag that wove the spell murderous ambition about the soul of Macbeth. Jesus. So, you know, not really a nice thing to say about somebody. Some profound things to say, though. <laughs> really mean person. I've never made a bad comment about someone but been so profound about it. <laughs> Your soul is so full with hate, I want to write a soliloquy about yeah, it. no shit. Wow. So then up was John Bender Jr., which was described as a fairly handsome dude, tall, with a bit of a, he got a mustache going. Good looking guy. He was very fluent in English with a bit of a German accent to him. So he had that going for him. But he also had apparently a habit of laughing, what's called kind of aimlessly is what they say. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what aimlessly laughing is supposed to mean. but Just it's randomly lit- laughing, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's... It led many to believe that he was, quote, half-wit. <laughs> nice. That young Bender, seen when excited, recalled the grave-robbing hyena at once to mind. I, I don't know what kind of description that would be. <laughs> grave-robbing, that's like... Grave-robbing. Like, I don't know. But a hyena would just be last a lot. Yeah, because they'd make that sound. Can you repeat the sound for us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they actually You don't sound. know how hyena sounds? No. <laughs> I think I read somewhere that... We have to look it up and play for the viewers. Yeah. Read somewhere? Uh, you read somewhere how a no. hyena sounds? I think it was something that like only one... Like either a male or a female actually only lasts, but... I think I had that wrong. Pretty sure it's that the female's like the dominant one. The as ladies can, are. Yeah, as you can see in see in the movie Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. Yep. I own personal wildlife expert Evan Stan. <laughs> Talking about the hyena. You can see from the wild <laughs> from the, the wild king. Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> you know earlier you mentioned Macbeth did you know Shakespeare actually stole the plot to Macbeth from Lion King <laughs> the movie was even based off of <laughs> Macbeth it was or was it no it was based on Hamlet oh that's what I'm thinking <laughs> of too fuck <laughs> damn it <laughs> I knew it sounded wrong when I said it yeah, I was a little confused. <laughs> I was like, Lion King's plot does not follow Macbeth at all. <laughs> I don't remember how Macbeth goes, so. I know how it goes, but I'm not going to explain it. Cause it's been a long time since I've had to read Macbeth. But last but not least of all was a Kate Bender. A 23-year-old 
quote-unquote daughter that they had. Nice. He was described as being very attractive. Hell yeah. And also very fluent in English. English? In English. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) You didn't know what Macbeth was. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she she was very fluent in English. And with... And... (laughs) Fuck. Had a little bit of an accent to her. Okay, nice. She was a self-proclaimed healer and psychic who had often held seances, as well as give out flyers claiming she could cure illnesses, and she would often give lectures on spiritualism. Uh, Now, spiritualism, spiritualism wasn't really a new thing. It would kind of became more prominent during that time it would steadily increase in popularity until like the 20s okay but what really got her all famous and stuff was her she freely gave out the idea of free love you know Mm, yeah i like the hippie thing yep so she kind of got a notoriety for Supporting all that stuff. And they kind of help drive people more to the to their little cabin. They're in, supposedly. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know about that. Free love in 1971. 18? 1871. I guess 1971. It was kind of area of free love, too, but... No, that was the 60s. Anyway. Free love in 1871 kind of sounds gross to me. Bunch of things. Yeah. Bunch of dirty homesteaders. <laughs> Give an idea of free love, and I feel like eventually it'll just move on to fucking their livestock or something like that. <laughs> anyway, the cabin itself was a single room kind of building okay. that was split into two. So the back end was like living area for the family. And the front side was, they set it up to be kind of like a dry goods grocery oh, okay. kind of shop place. Mm-hmm. Buy stuff for your travels. They set at the table, <clears throat> set up a table. You know, like yeah. Buy stuff, have dinner, maybe s- spend the night, you know. Have some fun. <laughs> but it was all separated a bit, like by this wagon canvas oh. that they set up. So you can see into the other side. And, yeah, they had the word grocery put up on their door so people can see. Mm. Misspelled. Yeah. But, you know, it's there. Where they also had Elvira and Kate also had a good-sized garden right beside the cabin. Nice. And then the rest of the area, the rest of the plots... The acreage was used as an orchard, basically. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Set that all up. And then, basically, story as why we're telling it kind of starts in May of 1871, 
when a body of a man was discovered in Drum Creek, which is located southeast to the Bender's property. Mm. Um, so the condition the man was found was basically kind of set the M.O. of how these this family would kill. Skull crushed in with a blunt object, and then throat slit right across from the ear. Right across from the ear, from ear to ear. Yeah. Just dumped in the river. So, yeah, nobody knows who did that. Or nobody knew at the time. And then in February, February of 1872, uh, two more victims were found in the river with the mm. same exact uh, MO to them. Yeah. So it was around then that more and more people had begun to, you know, disappear off yeah. of this, like, trail. It's called the Osage Trail. Because in the Homestead Act, there was an Osage Indians for the uh, people that are living in this area. And they're like, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. We don't leave this for white people. I thought maybe it was, like, around Osage Beach. Osage Beach? Yeah. Where's that? I think in Florida. Yep, right around there. <clears throat> no. They moved um, the Osage people to somewhere in Oklahoma. Oh. But there was this trail they called the Osage Trail because they traveled out together and then homesteaders would use this trail oh. to get across the west. To Missouri. It's like on the Great, uh, not Great Lake. The Great Lakes? Uh, Lake of the Ozark. Oh. Okay. How do you know this? I just looked it up. No, I know, but... What's so special about Osage? I don't know, you said Osage. Okay. I've I've probably been there before, too. Oh. I mean, it it was just a little bit random. Yeah. I guess Osage, Osage. Yeah. Makes sense. same word. Yeah. Anywho... Alright, so it was around then that more and more people had begun to disappear along this kind of trail. Oh, okay. So the disappearances became so common and well-known that by 1873, travelers began to completely avoid this trail Mm. out of fear that they would become one that disappeared. So while the travelers, travelers began avoiding this kind of area, there were started popping up these like little vigilante militia groups oh hell yeah scouring the trail looking for these killers but all they really accomplished was beating the shit out of and quote unquote arresting innocent people nice so yeah didn't really accomplish much (laughs) he looks like a killer let's go fuck his day up see an old western batman (laughs) I'm vengeance Ragged, <laughs> stitched together shit. Yeah. The ears are just sticks sticking yep. out of his cap. Where were the other drugs going? <laughs> yeah, now you gotta say a liker from 1873. Let me get into my prospector guy. <laughs> I can't do it right now. I can't even think. 
probably similar <laughs> to what you just <laughs> did, maybe. I don't know. Basically, yeah, actually. <laughs> the old tallywhacker. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what you say though <laughs> I like it tallywhacker you can't do that is that like a play on a tommy knocker or what no tallywhacker is like an old term what is it yeah hmm. what does it mean I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm asking you all these historical questions today. Really making you struggle. First you ask what me what fucking Hamlet is. Uh, you gotta work for this seat, bro. <laughs> A slang term for the male organ of copulation. It's a dick. <laughs> it's a penis. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to use that a lot more now. You're such a tallywhacker. <laughs> you want to play with my tallywhacker? <laughs> so is someone's being a jerk, you just call him a ta- tallywhacker head? Yeah. No, uh, just a tallywhacker. You darn tallywhacker! <laughs> what did he say? Oh, no, I think he called you a dick. <laughs> But back onto the story, they started to Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of derailing here. Though the disappearances had continued on, it wasn't until the disappearance of, of a George Newton Longcore that really got people on their trail mm. at this point. So Longcore was, along with his baby daughter, Marianne, left their home of Independence, Kansas to go settle in part of Iowa, which is where his parents are from, apparently. I would have rather died, too. (laughs) What's your favorite state? (laughs) (laughs) So, along that route, the two were never, ever seen again. Damn. And so it was then that their wagon had been spotted, abandoned, Outside of a town called Fort Scott, Kansas. Which is where they then contacted contacted a Dr. William Henry York. Mm. Which was the one who sold wagons and horses to Longcore For the trip. They're neighbors and friends. Oh, okay. So then, Dr. York set out to Fort Scott. And along the way started asking all these bunch of homesteaders around there. Hey, have you seen these people? Yeah. Yeah. You spotted this man and child. So they found the wagon pretty much off to the side, abandoned, and had all their clothes in it still. Oh, shit. So it was like, yikes. Horses, like, starving and shit. Which is weird, I guess. I don't know why they didn't steal those horses. That's a real tallywhacker move. (laughs) Damn tallywhackers. (laughs) It's like calling someone a whippersnapper. Yo-yo, whippersnapper. What's that mean? I have no idea. Oh, you fucker, you're it's gonna like, make me I don't know. It up? It's like things old people shout at you. It's like, 
That doesn't mean anything. A young and inexperienced person. Considered oh. to be presumptuous and overconfident. Okay. Well, that's not as bad as calling someone a dick. <laughs> so no. I guess that's not all that bad. You kill them rascals? It's like the equivalent of hearing that. But yeah. it's like calling someone a penis. Yeah. In another language. Okay, where was I? They just found their horse and all right. abandoned. They found their found the shit all abandoned. So then basically he's just started to go back home. Because mm-hmm. he couldn't figure out what happened to his friend. And so along the way he stopped at the Bender Inn. You know. Yeah. Just never seen again. <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> Speaking. So, you know, although they didn't really know it at the time, the Benders made a pretty big fuck up there, killing York. Because he was a member of a pretty prominent family there in Kansas. Mm. He had two brothers, an Ed York and a Colonel Alexander M. York. Mm. Alexander was a Civil War vet, a lawyer, and a member of the Kansas State Senate. Oh, damn. So, yeah, killing someone in family is not a good idea. So, when it started to become clear that William wouldn't be coming home, um, the colonel had formed a search party of around, like, 50 men or so Hmm. to go search along this trail. So, they started questioning all these homesteads. Just trying to look for the word. So eventually, on March 28 of 1873, the party and Alexander came to the Bender Inn. Hmm. When they were asked about York, um, the Benders kind of differs. They either said they never encountered him, or they said, yeah, we saw him for a bit, but he left. And they kind of highly suggested that he may have run into some Indian business. Hmm. Some Indians. By the way, don't say engine. That's racist. Is it though? I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, I have Call no fucking clue. Because it's like, it's like old slang. Yeah. For Indians. Mm. So I don't think it's like proper thing you <laughs> no. can say to Indian people. We'll have to ask him one time. Yeah, just as long as you don't like call him that while you're asking. Yeah. No. <clears throat> Hey, you tallywhacker, can you say engine? <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, with that kind of information, they just left. Mm. But then, it was on April 3rd of 1873 that Colonel came back to the inn because he talked to a woman who said she fled the inn because Elvira was threatening her with a bunch of knives and pistols. That's it. So, they asked him about it, and then, obviously, Alvira was there, couldn't speak, barely a word of English. But then, he started, he accused them of what this woman said a second time, and I guess Alvira lost it, 
became completely angry and started shouting to them about how the woman cursed her coffee. Now she was a witch. Uh-huh. And she chased them all off. Except she did all that in English. So. <laughs> <laughs> so after she went through her tantrum, after that she kicked these guys out of their house. Mm. And that was about it for them. Which is weird. They didn't really pursue that any much further. Yeah, that was crazy. It's like weird. They're shitty Batmans. Yeah. <laughs> I am the world's shittiest detective. <laughs> oh, man. So, pretty much after that point, um, the neighboring communities, because of all these deaths and disappearances, they started... Kind of blaming the Osage people hmm. for all this, so the community put together this like meeting in this like local townhouse, not townhouse, schoolhouse. Okay. So, about uh, I don't know, like seventy or so townsfolk people attended, nice. and that included the colonel and John and Junior, John, Senior. And John Jr. were both there. Mm. So it was in this meeting that it was kind of agreed on that they would get warrants for all the homesteads between Bill Bill Hill Creek and Drum Creek. Mm. Which I guess some certain kind of stretch of land yeah. that includes the benders. So all that was decided they'd be doing that. But then, three days later, a local who was passing the Bender's cabin noticed that the animals had either died or were starving, and that the place was completely abandoned. And he had also noticed there was a bad odor coming from the cabin. So then, later on, there was a like search party put together for this cabin, and about, like... Hundreds of people came with like pickaxes and shovels to see what was going on here. So they got in the cabin, nobody there. So they're looking for the source of this smell. And they found under one of the beds was a trap door that was nailed shut. When they opened it, they saw there was a hole there, like big enough for a person to, you know, fit down into. And at the bottom of the hole, it was just covered. And dried blood. Oh, shit. So that's pretty much where the smell was coming from. They dug into the dirt, like into the hole. They didn't find anything like bodies or something. It the smell was because the dirt was literally soaked with all this blood. Oh, shit. So it was pretty gross. So they, like, went through the cabin, like, darkened around the cabin itself, I think. And I think... And they didn't find any bodies, so the next move, they went to the garden. And in the garden, they found multiple bodies. Oh, shit. Like, one that they found was Dr. William York himself. Mm. And a shallow grave. Like, there was barely any dirt like on his feet when they found him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so in their search... They all found at least 11 bodies. Holy fuck. 
and at least a dozen more body parts. Jesus. So it's pretty much estimated that they could have killed, at the very least, 20 or so people. Damn. And all of them killed with the same MO. Skull fracture on their heads, slit throats. Hmm. Except for one. Was a little girl. A little, what's thought to be the little baby daughter of Longcore, Marianne. Who had none of these injuries. So it was thought she was either strangled or she was buried alive this way. Fuck. I played dead a little too good. <laughs> you know, a little too good. You died in the end. Fuck, that sucks. You took the role too seriously. <laughs> yeah. So from the, you know, the thing with the bodies and their inspection of the cabin, it was thought that the Bender's method of killing was... That they'd have people, you know, stay over. they give them something to eat. And the thing was they would set these people at, you know, the best seat in the table. Best seat at the table, you know. The seat of honor, more or less. Mm. Which was positioned right in front of the canvas. That was separating mm. the rooms. So as Kate would probably be entertaining or distracting the people while they're eating and all that either john senior or john jr would come up behind the canvas and hit him in the head with these hammers now they did find bullet holes surrounding the cabin walls in there so it was thought that people did manage to try and fight back yeah but as most of them would probably lie there struggling with a blunt force trauma to the head yeah Kate would come up with a knife and s- cut their throats just to make sure that they died. Yeah. I'd say so that's the, an old hunting trick I've heard. Slitting throats? Yeah. After you shoot something, you're, it's like mercy killing it, but or making sure it's dead, basically. Yeah. Maybe that was the thought here. I don't know. Yeah. Could lead into it, because they threw the bodies into this, like, trapdoor hole and that's where later they would strip them of their clothes or valuables that they had on them and then under the cover of night they would bury the bodies or given that the there's like body parts everywhere and maybe hack them up and yeah put them somewhere so it was also suggested that even though a couple of them were you know wealthy kind of people and had some value on them um there was a lot of them that didn't really have anything because you know you're just traveling up this trail to start a new life you don't have anything on you so it's basically pretty much thought they didn't kill for any of the money they didn't target these people specifically they only did it for the thrill of murder yep yeah so basically they after all this let's find out they sent like people after the benders you know like we gotta find them they said they eventually tracked their wagon tracks about 12 miles north of the inn where the horses and the wagon were left abandoned themselves Mm -hmm. and pretty much from this point on it's kind of theories and conjecture of 
what happened to the benders? I mean, there's no concrete way of knowing. People, obviously, at this time, assumed that these people would be them. Because the news of it went spread pretty quick after they found out. And um, Colonel York himself put out a $2,000 bounty or reward on anyone who can, you know, apprehend these criminals. Which in today's money would have been like, I don't know, like above $20,000. Nice. Yeah. I'd definitely do it. <laughs> right? You would try to. Oh, I would. You would find him? Yeah. You know why? How? <laughs> I'm the world's greatest detective. <laughs> With your makeshift sniff. stiff co- stick costume. Yeah. <laughs> Go start sniffing dirt. <laughs> Went this way. <laughs> Criminals give off a certain smell. Yeah. <laughs> Smells like bitch. <laughs> In the end, you're just tracking a horse horse that pissed along the trail. Along yep. <laughs> well, yeah, and eventually the actual governor of Kansas would put out a reward for their capture too, which was... Pretty much double the amount. Nice. Put out 2000 for the apprehension of um, either all of them or even just a single one of the family. Nice. And it's like, I even thought they were actual family, though. Yeah. Because, like, by some neighbor's accounts and all that, um, Kate and John Jr. weren't even brother and sister. Mm. That they were married. Yeah. Which, so, you know. I mean, if both of them were good looking and the pants were fucking ugly, I mean, it would make sense that. I don't know. Or they'd just be old. Old ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it was kind of thought that only Elvira and Kate were pretty much related. Mm. That the other two weren't at all. And that Bender might not even be any of their names. Mm. It's just made up. They came without any kind of documentation or anything, yeah. so... Nobody yeah. knows. So yeah, basically there was a, people have been hunting them for a long while, <laughs> thousands of years now. <laughs> <laughs> Came down to even vigilante groups at some point claiming they killed the benders. You know, either hanging or they shot them. Or one group says they hung or shot three of them and then for some reason burn Kate alive I don't know why that would make sense to do I mean you quickly shoot three and he's <laughs> like well, that's easy what do we do with her please burn her alive yep <laughs> oh man so yeah basically no one would come around to claim the rewards um, for like next 50 years every time there was like two women traveling together Somebody would like accuse them of being Elvira and Kate, so they just freaking arrest them. Jesus. And plan on shipping them to Labette to be identified, and like nothing really happens. Hmm. They just get released. But there was a case where it's like someone thought John Bender Sr. was arrested in Idaho because there was a case where a man killed another man with a hammer in the same kind of hmm. fashion. But when they tried to go to identify him, 
um, he cut off his own foot to get out of the like shackles on his feet. Jesus. And he eventually bled to death, and he decomposed before he could be identified. So was that him? Who knows? So basically, yeah, nobody really knows what happens to the benders. You just know they left all these people dead. Yeah. A bunch of murders in this little county in Kansas. And the cabin's not even there anymore. Damn. Yeah, everyone, like, almost immediately after people found that, they, like, people would strip, basically strip the cabin bare to look for souvenirs from these crimes. Jesus. So, yeah, it's not there anymore. It's just one, like, plaque memorial thing. <laughs> and I guess what they call the Bender Mounds, which is a place nearby where they buried the, like, unclaimed bodies of some of these victims. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. It's a fascinating tale of this serial killer family who essentially got away with it. Damn. So, yeah, that's the Bloody Benders. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy stuff. Stuff most people don't know about. Yeah. You know? Well, last time you heard about the Blindy Benders. What? I don't know. So when was the last time you heard about the Blindy oh. Benders? What are you doing? <laughs> I was pulling up my fact. <laughs> <laughs> like not paying attention to me. <laughs> I heard everything till the last sentence. <laughs> till the last sentence? Okay. Then I was trying to read it. <laughs> All I, right. guess, I guess I'll tell my fact. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> you ignored me for it. <laughs> Pigeons can tell the difference between a Picasso and a Monet. Like the paintings. Pigeons know art? I guess, yeah. In 1995, they did a study that shows the birds can tell the difference between the two artists. That's crazy. I wonder if they just held up a Picasso and Monet. Which one did, or which one did Picasso paint? (laughs) Like, get ever closer to the pigeon? Who did it? (laughs) Picasso. Yeah, what did they expect the pigeons to do? They're like, Picasso. (laughs) A parrot kid, but... Well, I guess, but a parrot's dumb as shit. Yeah. Can't tell the difference. No, I guess only pigeons can. Get that on a shirt or something. Just a little pigeon on it with a bubble, you know, bubble speech. (laughs) That's Picasso. Picasso. (laughs) (laughs) What do they do? Kill the ones that get it wrong? (laughs) (laughs) They're all drones anyways. You're going to attract that kind of crowd to our show. (laughs) Good. <laughs> we need every crowd. At the moment, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not all kinds of crowds. I'm open to anything. I mean, I well. <laughs> people that say birds or drones, fine. Okay. You like it's great. I don't need, like, Ku Klux Klan oh, endorsing no, well, us. No, no, the neo-Nazis. No, not shit like that. I meant, like... People that are open to the curiosities of the world. Weird fox. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) Just fucking around a bit. Sure. Yeah. All right. Open to the... What she said? I 
said curiosities of the world, but I don't know if that's the right word. (laughs) So what's your fact? Keep it a little bit historically here. Um, You know Napoleon Bonaparte? He's a legendary conqueror of France. Yeah. Did you know he lost the bunnies once? He lost the what? The bunnies. Two bunnies? Two bunnies. <laughs> no, I didn't. He, uh, apparently he went on like a bunny hunt kind of thing. Released a bunch of bunnies in the wild and then went mm-hmm. after him. And I guess the, <laughs> the group of bunnies just decided <laughs> to charge him. <laughs> Like nibble and shit on him, but he can't position his weapon to shoot him because they're all on him. <laughs> so basically, his group just like pull him out, you know, like in the heat of battle. He's yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta get him out. They're like carrying him. He's like, carrying to the carriage. Retreat. <laughs> Retreat. <laughs> all right. I guess we're good today. Bloody benders. Yep. I'll do it. Well, ready to go suppose, get another beer? I suppose we'll need another. Another beer. Yep, let's go get one. <laughs> I did not mean to do that on the recording. <laughs>